everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We are talking today with just an awesome person that I've recently met and started chatting with on LinkedIn. Her name is Nicole Gebhardt, and I am going to turn it over to her and let her introduce herself. Welcome, Nicole, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me here. It's such a blessing to be able to share my story with so many others so they can see that they can be survivors um, just as I am and a warrior. You know, I've been through quite a bit from losing my son when he was nine weeks old, multiple miscarriages. I was raped in college, um, sexually abused as a child, goodness, abused in my first marriage, which ended in a very painful divorce, even alcoholism. And I'm celebrating 18 months of sobriety this week. And thank you. And I just want women to see that they can do it too, that get over it, but you absolutely can work through it. So that's what I'm here to do, to share it. Sounds wonderful. And I know that um, my conversations that I have with people on this podcast are not about exactly the same thing, but there's a lot of similarities. I know for myself, I've been through an immense amount and I went through it again after seven years. I went through it again Sunday. Uh, I've never seen, I was in a car accident seven years ago and it's pretty much taken away most of the use of my legs and I have severe nerve damage now. And so I'm most of the time I'm in a wheelchair, but we were getting ready to go to church and I walked from the front door out to our truck where we've got the wheelchair on the back of the truck. I've never seen myself walk since the accident. Mm-hmm. I, I just, but my husband, who's a security professional, has put up cameras around our new house. And I was looking at something and a picture, a video of me walking to the car showed up. And I just busted out crying because I walk like, you know, Frankenstein. It's, it's this kind of thing, you know, and, and our driveway is on an angle and I started to fall down this angle and I'm going, you know, and it's, and it's been seven years. You would think within seven years, you should be able to get over things like that. And, and a lot of the people that I work with have chronic issues and they're things that they've had for years, but there still comes a time when it affects them. So I was reading one of your blogs on I had hit rock bottom and that just really got to me. And I want you to talk a little bit about that today because it resonated so much with me and I think it will with the people that are listening to. Absolutely. So I have suffered for a long time with alcoholism, a long time. Um, and I guess it kind of really started when I lost my first son when he was nine weeks old. 
I had was getting ready. It was my first day back from maternity leave. I walked into his room and he was lifeless in his crib. And what kind of transpired after that would just bring you to your knees. And um, I immediately started drinking. That's all I could do. I, I, I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to live anymore. I had suicidal thoughts. I didn't understand why did God take my son and not me? How was I going to survive this? And so I leaned on alcohol and I did this for quite a bit. I ended up finding out I was pregnant um, many months later with my daughter, Lillian. I stopped drinking and I went on to have several more children. And then um, I went through a very, very pain. So my ex-husband, my husband at the time went through, he clung to drugs and abuse and all these different things. And I ended up accepting um, the Lord as my savior, but the abuse that I started to endure in our marriage, and it was more emotional and psychological and mental over physical, which is in my opinion, worse, it's worse. And we ended up getting a divorce because um, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it took over everything. I could no longer go through the abuse. And so I met my husband not long after that had a bunch of little babies. He was in the military. It was just kind of meant to be. We, we knew we wanted to be with each other. We blended a family of six children. So it was eight of us together, kind of like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and um, everything was great for a long time. And then he went on another deployment. And I couldn't take it. I had all these little babies, all these little babies. And I started drinking again. Um, we ended up, he came back. I got sober again. And then we moved to DC and we were stationed at the Pentagon and it happened again. This time it was uncontrollable. And so what you're speaking of when I hit rock bottom was October 15th of 2018, 2019, I apologize. And I fell down two flights of stairs. I had gotten incredibly drunk, incredibly wasted. It was infant loss and miscarriage awareness day. I've also lost, had two children. I've miscarried as well for three babies. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And the day started off pretty normal. I went to a Bible study with fellow military spouses. But while I was there, I just, it just came over me. I said, I, I, I can't do this. What, I, what, you know, so I went home and started drinking. Well, later that evening, my husband found me on the bottom of two flights of stairs. All my children were home. He said I was lifeless. I was barely breathing. I wouldn't respond to him. He thought I was dead. So he called 911, they got me to the hospital and even the doctors in the emergency room said, she's not gonna make it. She's way too intoxicated. She fell down two flights of stairs. She's not gonna make it. Well, I spent a week in ICU and praise God I did. And immediately when I got home, I knew my life had to change. I had hit rock bottom, physically, mentally, emotionally, I'd hit rock bottom. I have not had a sip of alcohol since. And that day I started saying, I've got to put myself first. I, you know, we move every 18 months as a military family, new schools, new friends, new neighborhoods, new everything. And I followed my husband's career. And that's what I said I would do when we got married, you know, but it finally said, I, Jeff, my husband, I've got to put myself first. I don't want to live this any way anymore. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm miserable. I'm an alcoholic. You know, my kids don't deserve this life that I'm giving them. And so I did, I put myself first. I, found myself. I worked through my rape. I worked through the abuse I endured. I worked through losing my son. And what I have become now is a speaker for women. I want them to see that I have been through it all. I've been through shit, hell and back, and I've made it. And I want women to see that they can too. So that's my life mission and my life calling. And as hard as it was losing a child, being raped, hitting rock bottom, I wouldn't be the woman I am today if that hadn't happened to me. And I fully, fully believe that. Yeah. Amen. And, and like I said, it's not, it's not the same thing, but one of the issues that I find with, and, and I work specifically with women business owners, mm -hmm. 
who have had successful businesses, but then something's happened. They were in a car accident like me. They got Lyme disease. They got something. And we as women, I think you can, you know, acknowledge we are born and bred to say we can do it all. Absolutely. You know, we don't need help. We don't need support. We, we can't tell anyone that there's anything wrong with us. We can't ask for anyone to, to make suggestions. And it takes a long, long time to come to that rock bottom right. before you can come back Absolutely. up. Absolutely. So when I got out of the hospital, I think it's the first time in my life that I actually asked for help because I didn't have a choice. You know, my husband had to get back to the military, you know, I, but I couldn't take care of my children. I was, I was bedridden for a long time. I had concussions, contusions, brain bleeds, memory loss, all smell couldn't taste and so I had to finally just suck it up and ask for help and you know what I realized these women these friends were there in a heartbeat they would have been there months ago they would have been there through every deployment they would have been through every PCS every move they would have been there and that's what I, I want people to see that everybody wants to help everybody wants to help you out you don't have to do it alone you just don't and I don't want people to have to reach rock bottom and their husband find you at the bottom of the stairs and all the kids and you're almost dead because you didn't ask for help ask for help everybody wants to give it but you got to ask yeah absolutely and and I think that's the hardest thing in the world is is to convince these people that they do need to ask for help that's what I fight every day I've got you know, all these tools and strategies that I know work because I've done them. You know, I've, I've been there and I want to share these, but I think it's really, uh, people don't want to hear it. It's they walk around with their fingers in their ears, you know, and, and say, this is, so what does someone need to do before they hit rock bottom? Okay, it's easy for us to say it's okay to ask for help. How do we convince someone of that? How do we get them to acknowledge that what is happening to them is only theoretically going to get worse unless they do get something? Right. Well, the first thing I can say to that is you have to be ready. You have to be ready to ask for help. You have to be ready to want help. It's not just going to happen. And that's what happened with me. I was just, I, you know, you, they say society with women, we have to do it all. We can do it all. And that's what I got in my head. I can do this all. And yes, I was getting through it, but barely, I was barely getting through. I was holding on to life to get through it. And so you have to be ready to get help or it, whatever I say to anyone, if they're not ready today, they're not going to get it. Um, you know, it's just something that you have to um, want that you have to realize that you need. But another thing is you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe you deserve it. That's the thing there. You have to believe you are worthy of love. You're worthy of support. You are worthy of help. That's a huge part of it as well. So finding, finding groups, finding, you know, people that are there to support you. Right. 
So if you think about alcoholism, they have AA, they had these support groups, they had these different things, lost child. My son, they ended up labeling it as SIDS because they couldn't find a reason. So I immediately joined, not immediately after death, his death, but a few months when I could get out of bed, I joined, you know, this Florida SIDS Alliance. There is help everywhere. You know, I do, I run a private group, Nicole's Angels, and it's these women that want to talk about their pain they've been through. And there's no judgment. We're all in this group to support each other and hear each other talk. I think it's, you know, I realized when I started sharing my story, and just being honest and just getting out there. There's so many women that have been through what I've been through. They've lost a child. They've been sexually abused. They've been, you know, whatever it is. And the moment that I started sharing my story, it was healing. It was helping me heal. And, you know, then I realized all these other people needed help as well. So support groups are huge and they're easy. You could just join a group and just listen. If you're not comfortable typing or sharing or doing a video or a live, just watch and you'll get there. You'll honestly get there. Yeah, yeah. You talk about in this blog post, you talk about controlling your environment. What do you mean by that? My big thing with that is negativity. Negativity will pull you down in a heartbeat. Negative people, negative things, your own thoughts, negative thoughts going through your head. It is so easy. You know, one thing I started doing recently is I woke up in the morning and I do a manifestation minute, an entire minute of what I'm grateful for. What am I grateful for? I list at least 10 to 20 things. What are a few things that happened the day before that I'm grateful for? You know, it is so easy to turn that thought into a positive thought instead of a negative thought, and it will change your life, not just your day, your life. And that is a huge thing I want others to see and to do. Don't let these negative thoughts, we're our hardest critics. We are our hardest critics. You've got to get out of your head though. You've got to get out of your head. Growing a successful business is hard enough but trying to do it while adjusting to a new challenge like a chronic illness can definitely derail the best of us. Nancy understands. She has been there, done that. With 30 years of success, she knows the necessary business hacks to increase your income and relieve the day-to-day stress of running a business, all while living in an uncooperative body. Nancy can help you. Connect with her today through the links in the show notes so you can see your business soar higher. And another thing that you talk about, and I totally agree with that, and I have, I've jumped into Facebook groups sometimes that are about you know, fibromyalgia or RSD or the different things that I have. And you know, it, there's so much negativity in these groups. And I just want to say, come on, guys, look at it. You know, um, like I was telling a friend the other day about watching myself walk and just, you know, breaking up. And she said, no, look at it. You walked. Exactly. You, didn't, you know, you didn't get out there in the wheelchair. You walked. And I went, oh, hush. <laughs> you know, but, but it's right. Each morning when I wake up out of the bed, I am thankful I'm alive. I might be miserable or depressed that day or want to drink. I'm alive though. I made it yet another day. And I'm thanking my bed that I could sleep. And the sun's up. I'm thinking that the sun's up. It's just, it's so easy to, you know, change that negativity into positivity. Yeah. And that has such an effect on our entire lives when we when we look at things in that way. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And then you talk about developing empowering habits. 
is that what you mean by that is the yeah so my manifestation minute is a huge one thing is a huge thing for me journaling oh my gosh it is it will change your life just if you write down maybe 10 things your gratitude or why do you love yourself just a couple of reasons why you are grateful you, you are the woman you are another huge thing i do and it's funny i see my kids doing it now they're always watching i put post-it notes up around my house you are worthy nicole you are not enough nicole you deserve love nicole i love you nicole I put those everywhere and I know it sounds silly, but I'm telling you, if you start doing it for a few, you know, continuously doing it, you'll start believing it. And I have never felt more happy, more beautiful, more loved because I'm constantly training my brain to think that way instead of to think about you're not enough. You don't deserve to be loved. It's, it's just, I just do the opposite. So posting, you know, writing the little markers, you know, on your mirrors, do that too. Journaling, another thing. I have to take an hour for myself every day. I learned it the hard way by hitting that rock bottom. But if it's before my children get up in the morning or after they go to bed, I have to take that hour. And it could be as simple as taking a bath or reading a book for a few minutes or going on a walk without children. It's just that easy, but you've got to do stuff for yourself. We as women barely ever do that. But how much time do we invest play, planning play dates for our kids, planning date nights with our husband? Do it for yourself. It will change your life. Yeah, absolutely, totally. And that all brings us to the taking steps to being a happier you. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah, you know, to be a happier you, those are the things you've got to do. You've got to invest time in your, into yourself. You've got to join support groups. You've got to start positive affirmations about yourself. And you got to get that negative out of your life. Bye, Felicia. You don't need that. You don't need that. It will only pull you down. Your last step in this blog seems to be, and, and I understand what you're saying, but I want you to talk about it, but it, it almost seems to be the opposite of everything else you're saying. You've been saying, be positive, think about everything, take time for yourself, all of those things. And then you've got release the pain. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? A big thing to me about releasing the pain is forgiveness, forgiveness. You know, I carried for a, a long time the guilt that I killed my son, that I deserved to be raped because I had been drinking that night. You know, I carry these for a long, long, long time. So when I say forgiveness, it has to start with yourself first. You have to forgive yourself for treating yourself that way. And then I, I did, I forgave, you know, those boys that did this to me in college. And what I did by that is I wrote a letter that I would have sent them, but I didn't, wrote a letter and then I burned it and it was release. I forgave them. I even wrote up on my mirrors. I forgave my ex-husband because I, I wouldn't have my children if it wasn't for my ex-husband. That is part of my life. That is part of my journey. So you've got to release the pain. But the one thing I want to encourage people not to do is don't do it with drinking because all that does is mask your pain. That does not truly release your pain. Yeah, let's let's dig a little bit deeper into that because you know, and and I use myself as an example all the time. So that's another one you you talk about is sharing your story. But um, I my car accident was a hit and run, and I absolutely knew the guy who did it. It was in a parking lot. We had been we had taken my parents to a uh, senior citizen event in the evening. And it was one of the other seniors and he didn't have a driver's license and he just, you know, pulled right out into me. A year later, he 
plops this driver's license down in front of my face and says, see, I do know how to drive. I have yet to forgive him. And then on top of that, um, we went to, for over two years, every three weeks, we would travel four and a half hours one way to Chicago for um, a doctor that was there. And he was this big shot. And at the time that I had had the surgery with him, I was the ninth person in the country to have had this surgery. Um, he was the only doctor in the country that was doing it. And he was this big shot at this training hospital. So we had these little minions running around behind him all the time, right? He never would talk to us. He would talk to one of his minions and they would turn and talk to us. And while he was doing one of the surgeries, he nicked a motor nerve in my leg. And yeah, and to this day, that motor nerve is in constant, extreme pain. You know, it's just shooting things. I hate the man. <laughs> sure you, you know, and I keep saying, I just want to forgive them. I want to, unfortunately, the guy that actually caused the accident about two years after he, he did it, um, he got cancer really, really badly and he died. So I, you know, not a whole lot I can do. All I, I kept saying, all I wanted him to do was say he was sorry, mm-hmm. you know, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. It was not his fault. So how in situations like this, how do you forgive someone? I want to, you know, and I keep saying, hey, God, help me to forgive these people. And then I start to hurt again. <laughs> so I would say like, you know, forgiving my ex-husband was a lot easier because they are my children's biological father. Um, but these boys, I was gang raped my freshman year at Florida State by a group of fraternity brothers. So let's, I'm going to compare that story as far as forgiveness, because I, these boys aren't in my life. I'll never see them again, you know? And what I realized is I was carrying so much weight of what they had done to me that it was always negative, that I felt so sad, that I felt so depressed. And by me not forgiving them was mm-hmm. only hurting me. They could give a shit less. They were gone, but it was only hurting me. Cause every time I thought about it, it just it pulled me down. It made me want to drink again. So that was just hurting me. But you get, again, when I say this, you have to be ready. You have to be ready to forgive that person, those boys, your doctor, that man, you, because if you're not ready, it's not going to happen. And it will not happen overnight too. That forgiveness did not just boom, boom, boom. You know, I forgive you. No, you have to work at it. Like I said, writing letters, writing it on my mirror, constantly praying about constantly letting go, you know, go through my mind, thinking about that. And it will come once you are ready. But it made no sense for me to keep carrying on with that because it was only hurting me. Like I said, they were gone. Yeah. It was only hurting me. Yeah, yeah. And it's and and it's it's like I get that up here in mm-hmm. the head. I don't get it down here in the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I, so, because I know you're exactly right. And, and so many of the people that I talk to that have some sort of a, of a chronic condition, they're, they have, they're angry, you know, they, they go through the, the, whatever they are stages of, mm-hmm. of, of grief stages, grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, we all sort of get stuck in anger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Been there, been there, done that. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. You know, I also think about like my husband's ex-wife, she is brutal to us. She, and you just kind of have to suck part of it up because I've got three bonus kids that live, you know, with her. But part of that too, is kind of like, I'm not going to let you pull me down. I'm not going to let you do that to me, you know? So it has, it's a mindset thing too. You have to change your mindset and say, "Mm, I'm done. I'm not going to let you pull me down anymore. So it's, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing to do. And, and it's, it takes time. Like you said, it just, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to, uh, and I'm all about planning and I, you know, I need to plan this and I need to spend so much time a day thinking about this and, you know, and on all of those kinds of things. And really uh, that's talking about the healthy coping methods, really learn and practice these things because so much of, I'm, I'm never going to get rid of that pain. I'm not, that's, that's, there but I can learn to cope with it Mm -hmm. and yeah it's one of the things that I had said in this group that I was in for a while was if I'm outside if I'm working I can forget about things for a while Mm -hmm. you know and I can and I can enjoy the sunshine and I can do that and it's only when I come back in and start to think about things in your head again yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's like they they were saying, well, at least you can get outside. And I said, unless you are chained down in a hospital bed, you know, you probably can get outside or at least look out a window at the sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing with that is it just takes time. You know, I tell my clients when we are working through it, you know, either they've been raped or lost a child with my grief healing cocoon program. And I tell them, remember, it doesn't, you're not going to heal overnight. You're just not, it's going to take time. Everything that is worth life, breath takes time. It can't just happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. We are actually to the end of our time and that just has gone so fast. I can't believe it. This This was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. If somebody wants to work with you with some of these things, I don't do mindset. I do the tools and strategies. You know, I'm, I'm happy to say you need mindset. Go see Nicole. Yeah. So how do they get a hold of you? Um, so my website is spirituallighthousehealing.com. That is one way. I have a private group on Facebook called Nicole's Angels. And then I have a business page, Spiritual Lighthouse Healing and Guidance. And those are some different ways that you can touch base with me and get connected with me. I'm also a um, Holy Fire 3 Karuna 2 Reiki master, if anyone's interested in Reiki. That's a huge part of my story, too. We'll have to get to that another day. I know. You know, I have to tell you, I'm full of my own story. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to tell you this because my husband is my second husband. Um, My first husband and I didn't really have problems, but he, he... is from another country and had his entire time he was here had wanted to go home. He never wanted to be in this country. He just kind of, he was here for school and kind of got stuck. He's from the Middle East Mm -hmm. and could not get home. And we got to a point where we just really didn't have anything in common any longer. And um, I was having Reiki done for my back, for my legs, for all of the stuff going on. And again, it was like we were just doing this Reiki session and I just started bawling. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the, the woman says, are you okay? And, and I got up and I said, I got to go get a divorce. <laughs> and, I know, I know. You're saying Reiki changed my life. That's why I got attuned to be a Reiki master. It changed my life. I remember different times laying on that table and bawling my eyes out, but it, oh, it is so healing. And it, oh, it's just an amazing thing. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we will talk about Reiki another time because that's, <laughs> that's, it's amazing. So what have we not talked about that you absolutely have to share today? I mean, I feel like we're pretty great. We covered a lot as far as, you know, alcoholism, infant loss, abuse. It's just, it's, I just want people to know one of the biggest things I want them to know that they are enough, that they are worthy and that they deserve to be happy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation. I'm taking notes. <laughs> I got my own work to do now. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be uh, focusing on this for a while. I can tell you and I and I will be sure to share it with my listeners. Everybody, if you've got any questions, give Nicola Howard power. She is just full of wonderful, wonderful information. And if there's anything you want to hear in the future, let us know. You can listen to the podcast at www.don'twaittillpigsfly.com. And until next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.